In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Rescue me and deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear and save me. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of evil and cruel men. So if we're able, we'll stand and sing together, living under the shadow of his wing. Under the shadow of his wing, we find security, standing in his presence we will bring our worship, worship, worship to Adoration at his feet. We dwell in harmony. Voices join together that repeat. Worthy, worthy, worthy. to heart embracing in his love reveals his purity soaring in my spirit like a dove sit down. Let us pray. We thank you, Father, that we do live under the shadow of your wing. We are safe and secure because you are with us always. And it may be that some days our circumstances want to scream the opposite of that. We may wonder sometimes, where is our God? And others who know that we're Christians, may mock and scorn and say in their turn, where is your God? And yet we know, Lord, that you are faithful, you keep your promises, and your promise, Jesus, before you ascended to heaven, was I will be with you always. And we trust that and we believe that. And we are firmly committed to that belief. And in the light of that truth, we will continue to seek to do your will. We will continue 
to seek to be all that you want us to be. We confess our need of you. We know in these past few days that we have not been all that we should be. We've said things, done things, thought things which have not brought honour to your name. We've missed opportunities to do good in your name. We've missed opportunities to witness to the truth that Jesus is Lord and that you are a faithful God. We pray, Lord, that you will help us to be attentive to your spirit, attentive to your voice, tenderly calling our name, so that we might be and do all that you command. Draw near to us and bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Ruth. Yes. Good morning. Um, I don't know what you do um, to help you remember things. Um, I always thought that uh, tying a knot in your handkerchief was a bit of a weird one. What about you? Um, I think that the best you can do with tying a knot in your handkerchief, really, is um, making into it, it into a hat. You know. <laughs> I mean, you know. And then those of us that use, pe- you know, paper hankies, well, no use at all, is it, really? Just crumples away. So, so um, that's not really very good. I, I'm a bit of a person for lists. I don't know what you might do. Anybody got any ideas what they might do if they want to remember something? A list, yes. So here's the list of what the Jones family ate last week. You know, you might forget if you don't get it organised. And uh, this is a list of what I had to do, like ticked off, because it's last week's list. It's really good, isn't it? Um, and then, of course, there's always a diary, isn't there, that has the times of where you're meant to be, um, when. And that really helps, doesn't it? So if you're in favour of lists, that's really quite a useful one. Um, yeah, so uh, there's other things that um, you, might, you might want to do for, for making uh, memories of things that you want to remember. There's something called a mnemonic. Any, any offers on what a mnemonic is, Ju- Ju- um, Junior? Any ideas? No? It's one of those words where um, one set of words remind you of how another set works. That's right, isn't it? Have you, have you got one in your brain, Magdala? Oh, yeah. Sort of one? No. I, ah, yes. How many days in June? How many days in June? What does that mean? Oh, right. Now, that's not what I know. So anybody <laughs> needing to know how many days in June, go and ask Douglas later. <laughs> right. Uh, David. And that stands for? Right. Thank you very much. Then I'm a geography teacher, and, and I have uh, one called Never Eat Shredded Wheat, which is north 
east, south, west, as they go around the circle. So really important. And then Edward had one, which was all cows eat grass. Any musicians among us might know that those are to do with the, the scale of notes. I think the, big, the, the ones between the lines, not the ones on the lines, but not so good on my music. Right. Okay. So, so sometimes we rely on little triggers for our memories. Um, oh, yes, this is quite a good trigger. This has got a really old picture of my grandparents on, on the day they got married, which was 101 years ago. Wow. It's quite something, isn't it? Um, so, so as well as, uh, as pictures of my mum and all sorts of things in this particular uh, album. So, yeah, good way of remembering, having a picture about the place. Then there might be... A prayer list that you can keep adding to. That's, that's our one from our triplet this week uh, at the moment. And uh, then sometimes people give you things and you remember them by those things they've given you. So if you gave it to me, you will recognise it. Yeah, so it's really interesting, isn't it, how we build up memories and things that we want to remember. So... One thing that really struck me this week was that at church now we have a memory group that meets on a Monday and it uses artifacts to help people remember what they have forgotten. It's particularly for people who have Alzheimer's but occasionally the lady running the course will bring along an object Right, what I need is any volunteers on what this object might be. You can see through it quite nicely. So if I um, put my black behind it, it's a piece of glass. Sorry? It's not a coaster. It has more purpose than a coaster. It looks as if it could be a magnifying glass. It's not a magnifying glass. It's got... Almost like putting cigarette ends in as well, but it's not that, right? It was actually used to remind my mum that she had put milk in a saucepan in the old-fashioned way of boiling up milk. And this stops the milk boiling over. I mean, how amazing is that? Just a piece of glass. And when the milk gets to the right temperature, it dances up and down and makes a loud noise. Now, you have to remember that people like me you know, came before mobile phones. So we're not used to electronic signs or even microwaves. But there you have something that reminds you that the milk's boiling over. Very essential it used to be in our house when we were young. So here we have the thought that occasionally an artefact is a trigger of a memory of long ago. And then another thought that came to me, again, to do with the Alzheimer's, the memory group. And that was my uncle who had Alzheimer's and did not remember very much by the end of his life. But when he managed to get to the little chapel in Lower Stondon where he went to church, the lady in charge of the music would get out new music because there was a book of the songs he remembered and they'd always sing one of those songs to remind him 
because he remembered that song of how much Jesus loved him and how important his faith was to him. So, a bit of a tour around memories. Why on earth are we thinking about memories this morning? Because in the story we're going to hear of Joseph, there were very dire consequences for somebody who said they were going to do something and then completely forgot. Thank you. Thank you. And we shall hear the story now. Well, last week we left Joseph in prison. But he behaved so well that he'd been put in charge of all the prisoners. So let's read on. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended them. After they'd been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there's no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Oh, oh. 
Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand, and he impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had said to him in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Thank you, Edward. What a lovely reaction from you all. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens when you get a good story, though, isn't it? Yeah, excellent. Good. Right, well, we're going to sing two songs, one after the other, a couple of times each, I guess. Um, All about God's faithfulness. And when we get towards the end of the second uh, song, I'll collect the offering. So if you're able, let's stand and we'll sing together. Oh, 
again we come to say thank you in this most practical of ways. Please take all that we have and all that we are and use even us to further your kingdom. Amen. Now if you're in Vol Virginia Church it is time for you to take your leave. The Lord be with you. bring our prayers of intercession to God. Let us pray. It is always good, Lord, to come to you in this way. It It is a real comfort for us very often to do this. Because some of the things that we pray about and pray for are out of our control. And somehow, just by speaking out the words, it seems to bring a peace to us which has eluded us. There's lots going on in the world. Some of it could be quite frightening. We know that Tonga is still in a terrible state although we're not seeing much on our television screens, and that's because it's so far away, it's so hard to access, and it's been really, really difficult to get anybody out there to help or to tell of exactly what is happening. We know that people are struggling, we know that one or two have died, We're thankful that there have not been reports of more that have died. But we know it's going to take a long time to sort all of that out. We thank you for those uh, armed forces personnel who've gone out from Australia and New Zealand that, that have taken desalination plants and other supplies. We know that COVID complicates matters enormously, but there are protocols in place to help 
guard and protect those that have survived the tsunami to keep them safe from COVID. We pray that everyone will follow the protocols and that all the help that is needed will find its way and that the people will be helped. We watch what's going on on the border with Russia with some trepidation, Lord. We know that Russia has stepped over the line into Ukraine's territory in the past. Crimea has been annexed. There's been a low-level conflict in various parts of that country for quite some time. And now there's a build-up of force once again. This time, the West is taking more notice. And we're not sure whether this makes us safer or less so. We're thankful, Lord, that there have been conversations back and forth between high-level diplomats. We pray that those conversations will continue and that there will be a fruitful, peaceful outcome. We're not sure, though, Lord, that that will happen. So we pray for all those who carry responsibility in the West and in Russia. We pray that there will be a very careful, thought-through approach to all of this. We pray for the people of Ukraine, particularly those who live in the border region. They will be concerned, above all, We pray for our sisters and brothers in Christ, some of whom will be in that place. Pray that their their witness will be powerful and strong and that they will make the most of every, every opportunity to speak about the God who loves and the God who cares. We're thankful, Lord, that we belong to... Uh, a local regional association to the CBA. This week is an important week for the CBA as they interview candidates for the post of regional minister team leader. We pray for wisdom on the panel uh, and are thankful for those who have offered uh, for this post. We pray that your will shall be done and the right person will be appointed. We give you thanks for Jeff Colmer, who is retiring later this year. We thank you for the way in which he has helped and supported churches across the association throughout his time in post. Thank you for the help that he has been to us and will be again to us in the days that lie ahead. We pray for his successor. We pray that he or she... Uh, will be equipped in every way to take forward the work that you want to do in the wider association here in the central region. We're very aware, Lord, 
uh, of the fact that someone was killed on Buttermere Close last week. We were saddened to hear that. And of course it's very close to where we are. We pray for all those who are involved. We pray for the family who have lost a loved one and friends. Pray for the police as they have investigated and continue to investigate. We pray for all those who live on the Lakes Estate. We pray that your peace might descend upon Buttermere Close and the whole estate. We thank you for the opportunity we have. Uh, of opening up the church this afternoon. We pray that many will come to find a peaceful, quiet place to pray, maybe to light a candle, just to collect their thoughts and reset in their own lives. We thank you, Father, that we can do this small thing to try and help. We thank you that you're a God who's interested in every part of life. And Sharon gives thanks for your hand upon her and you're watching over her as she moves to new accommodation. She's thankful to you and to all the friends and folk in the church who have prayed and offered practical help. gather up all of our prayers as we say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. We'll sing together once again a great old hymn, In Heavenly Love Abiding. If you're able, please stand. We have got an organ track somewhere for this. (laughs) Nearly there. (laughs) It's definitely there.
Ah, whoa. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> good, good. In heavenly love abiding, no change my heart shall fear. And safe is such confiding, for nothing changes here. The storm may roar without me, my heart may low be laid, but God is round about me. And can I be dismayed? Wherever he may guide me, no one shall turn me back. My shepherd is beside me, and nothing can I lack. His wisdom ever waketh, His sight is never dim. He knows the way He taketh, and I will walk with Him. Green pastures are before me, which yet I have not seen. Bright skies will soon be home here, where darkest clouds have been. My hope I cannot measure, my path to life. My Savior has my treasure, and he will walk with me. Thank you. Do sit down. <clears throat> so we remember that uh, this story is all about Joseph, although the focus of this chapter is on two different characters, the cup baker, uh, sorry, the cup baker, the cup bearer, and the baker <clears throat> and their dreams. This is about God working out his promise, working out his purpose, even though the circumstances may say otherwise. Joseph has been falsely accused, we know, and imprisoned. So, Joseph, where is your God now? Well, there is that little line, isn't there, that runs as a golden thread through the story. God was with Joseph. 
God was with Joseph and the, the guy running the prison could see that everything that Joseph touched turned to gold. So he put Joseph in charge of running the prison. And there's the cupbearer and there's the baker. And Joseph is in charge of them. And he visits one morning and he sees they are downcast. What's the matter, friends? Well, you know, I've had a dream and where am I going to find a wise man to interpret this dream? Both of them have the same story. Where will we find a wise man to interpret these dreams? And Joseph says, surely interpretation belongs to God. And then he says something quite remarkable. Tell me your dreams. Wow. So who is this Joseph? Well, he clearly feels he is in touch with the God who can give the interpretation. It's an outrageous thing to say, isn't it? Unless you are that person. Unless you are the one that God has called to do that work. And clearly, Joseph is God's man in that situation. We can say that because his interpretation is true. The future that he sees for each of his fellow prisoners actually comes about. That's the test, really, for anyone that stands up and says, Thus says the Lord. Anybody that comes claiming to be a prophet, this is what God says. This is how I see the future. Well... The ultimate test is in whether or not that future comes to be. Does it come about? Does it come true? And here is Joseph, powerful and powerless, all at the same time. He's powerful, isn't he? Because he is indeed the interpreter of dreams. It's, it's the fact that he had a dream in the first place that got him into all this mess in the first place, in the first instance. Or rather, it was more to do, I think, with the way he shared those dreams and was entirely unaware of the effect that his words might have on those around him. And why would that not be the case? He was only 17 at the time. And I think I said a week or two back, when I was 17, I knew everything. I knew exactly what life should be like. I knew exactly what the church should be like. And it wasn't. And I knew exactly how to fix it. And I... No, wrong. (laughs) Well, you have to be careful sometimes. Knowledge is power, though. And ultimately, this is going to lead to liberty, ultimately. But not yet. God's future will come about. The baker is put to death and impaled on a spike. The cupbearer is restored to life and his place uh, at the side of Pharaoh. So the dreams are offered up, the interpretation is given, and and the interpretation is true. So Joseph is powerful in that respect. But one can't help feeling the pathos when you are restored 
cupbearer, remember me? Well, of course I will. No. Show me kindness. Joseph is powerless because he's got no authority over himself. He's unable to walk out of the prison. He's absolutely stuck there. Please remember me. Show me kindness. And the same word for kindness there, hesed, is the same word that God uses when he reveals his name in Exodus uh, to Moses. Uh, It's a a God, uh, hesed uh, is the Hebrew word, loving kindness. God is showing kindness to Joseph, even in the midst of his circumstance now. But it's very hard to see that. Please remember me, show me kindness. The purpose of God will be worked out, but Joseph can't know that yet, and he can't see how it will happen. Now he needs the gift of faith. He's like us, isn't he, really? Uh, Or rather, we're like him in that respect. We can't see how the future is going to unfold. We can't see exactly what it is that God might do among us. We catch glimpses from time to time, and when we called our day of prayer and fasting last year during Lent, that was the purpose of it. You know, what is God's vision for this place? Uh, And we started to explore a little of that, and we'll continue to do that as the days unfold. But we need the gift of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We all need that gift. We all need that encouragement. We all need to be faithful to what we believe God has said to us and shown to us. And sometimes we need to be brave. And even when we have done everything that we believe we should have done, there's no guarantee that things will work out exactly as we would like. When you are restored to your place, remember me. If we had strayed into chapter 41 of Genesis, we'd have read... Well, let me just read the last verse uh, that that Edward read for us. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. When two full years had passed, two years, good grief. You've done the right thing, you've interpreted the dream, you've told the truth, you know it's God's will, you've said to the guy, don't forget me, he said, of course I won't, and then nothing. Gosh, it's hard, isn't it? To live in that space, to live in that time where you're expecting something good to happen, or at least something to happen, and nothing happens. I think it's really hard to live in that space and try and remain faithful to what God has shown you, try and remain faithful to what God has said to you. It's another two years before the cupbearer will remember the promise he made uh, and things will start to change and move 
for Joseph. But that's next week. That's not this week. So I suppose there's something about God's timing here that we perhaps need to just be aware of. God's timing is not always our timing. So we need to exercise faith in that in-between time, in that fallow time, in that space where the answer that you are anticipating is not forthcoming. Maybe in that space you will start to question whether or not you heard correctly from God. There's nothing wrong with that. Remain attentive to God. Remain focused on him and his word. Be attentive to what he may say to you. And if, if you hear the same thing, if you are reassured, then you need to exercise patience. Just wait. Exercise patience. Exercise faith. Will you still trust God, even though it looks like he may have forgotten you? Will you still trust God, even in that difficult place, in that in-between place? Will you still trust? Joseph is forgotten by men, but he's not forgotten by God. What about you? Where are you? Do you feel that you've been forgotten? God is very aware of you. Let's pray together. We do believe, Lord, that you are aware of us in all of our varied circumstance. And if you've given up a promise to someone in this place and it has not yet been worked through. I pray, Lord, that you will help them to be patient and to remain focused and faithful. Will you give them some small encouragement today to know that they are still on the right track, to know that it is just a matter of being patient until the time is right for you to do the thing that you have promised. Draw near to us and help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we will sing once again together. If you're able, please stand as we sing Holy Overshadowing. Spread your wings of mercy over me And guard my heart with true humility No shadow of the darkness pressing in Only the holy overshadowing Underneath your wings overshadowing will I seek but God alone 
No hiding place save only at your throne. Only the cross, the blood to wash my sin. Only the holy overshadowing underneath your wings, overshadowing. You are my shield and my glory. You are the lifter of my head. And though the storms may rage around me, I'll be safe within, beneath the holy overshadowing. No burden on my back too hard to bear. Only the easy load you bid me wear. Until these troubles pass, my heart will sing. Praise for the holy overshadowing underneath your wings, overshadowing. You are my shield and my glory. You are the lifter of my head. And though the storms may rage around me, I'll be safe within, beneath the holy overshadowing, underneath your wings. Overshadowing, undershadowing, underneath your wings, overshadowing, overshadowing. Now may the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.